Hey everyone, this is Tim with the Traveling Developer Podcast, Episode 2. In this episode, I'm going to go through my top three cryptocurrencies that I believe in, not just in 2018, but more for the longer term. Um, The reason I want to make this podcast is because there's tons and tons of articles out there making their picks of how to make quick money using cryptocurrency. This cryptocurrency will shoot up thousand million percent in the next couple of weeks. Get in before and make your money. Um, and honestly, a lot of them are kind of bullshit. They're just uh, probably shouldn't be cursing on the podcast, but they they're just trying to get views. They're trying to get clicks, and they're doing just that. They get a ton of views. I mean, they wrote me into clicking into it to see what they had to say, and then by the end of it. I realized I just wasted five minutes of my life that I'm never going to get back. Um, so I want to go through my top three. I'm not going to give any price points, but um, me as a long-term investor, uh, developer, just an interest in the market in general, um, I wanted to give my opinions. By no means is this financial investing advice, um, but I wanted to go into why I'm excited about certain cryptocurrencies um, from, I guess, from an investment standpoint and developer standpoint, because they're kind of one and the same for me. If I'm not uh, interested in developing on some type of platform, I'm probably not going to be interested in uh, investing in it either. Um, so I'm going to talk about some of those, and then maybe some at the end, I'm gonna see if I have some time, some cryptocurrencies that I don't really like that much. And, of course, I'll give reasons uh, behind each one of these. And... I'm, this is just my opinion. Um, like I said in my previous podcast where I went over what Bitcoin, the blockchain, and cryptocurrency is, I would suggest listening to that one before listening to other cryptocurrency investment advice from other people. Um, like I said, the best investment is investing in yourself and knowledge and learning more about these technologies because I've believe that they're going to be here to stay um they're here for the long term so anything i do is for the long term not just for quick gains or um quick clicks or views or listens whatever you want to call them um so just to give an overall view of the market in general uh i like to compare it to the internet of the early 90s that's how early we are into the cryptocurrency craze or market. Um, I mean, you, there's some famous YouTube videos of, uh, I think it's the Today Show, and they're talking about what email is and why any would, anyone would use it in this thing called the internet that connects computers, and people just couldn't understand and comprehend why you would need it because it's, it was completely new, so there's nothing compared to Um and I like to compare, I mean, cryptocurrency is also completely new, but I guess the, n- the closest thing you compare it to is the development of the internet because it is, cryptocurrency is a technology um, at the core of it. It's literally just code, um, which is why I'm super excited about it. Um, and it's code that people can make money on, so that's why it's gone up in value or craze in the last couple of months like crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it, there's a reason why people are interested in it. There's a reason why I'm interested in it. 
And I just want to be here to help inform people even more and give my opinions on certain things and just take everyone's opinions of your own, learn and uh, make your own opinions from that. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. So let's get started. My top three cryptocurrencies of 2018 and beyond. Um, everything that I invest in or work on or am interested in is for the long term. So I really hate to say 2018, but honestly, it'll probably get more views or listens if I say that instead of just like cryptocurrencies that I enjoy and am interested in. <laughs> um, so number one, I think feel like we have to start with Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin was the very first cryptocurrency, like I mentioned in my previous podcast. Um, it was created in 2009 by Satoshi Nakamoto, who is either a person or a group of people, but either way, we don't know who he or they are. He or she, sorry. He, she, or they are. Um, so Bitcoin has a huge advantage in that it is the first mover in a brand new completely new market. So whether people know what I'd say, whether you know what a cryptocurrency is or even a blockchain is, you may never heard of those terms before, but I feel like everyone's heard of Bitcoin. It's all over the news. Um, people love to speculate around it and they kind of group in a lot of other, all the other cryptocurrencies into Bitcoin, even though there are separate things. Um, just people know the Bitcoin name, the Bitcoin brand. Um, and so it's just in people's minds. So that's one advantage that it has. And that's something like that will be hard to go away. Um, it also has the network effect. So the network effect is kind of just like Facebook, which is why I like to compare cryptocurrency to the inter early internet. Facebook is such a valuable company because they have all these users and users suggest to other users and it grows exponentially. So obviously when Facebook just started, it was hard to get some users on board. But then once the word started to spread, uh, the network effects took over and it just spread 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times as fast as it did in the early stages. And so that's kind of the same mentality I have around Bitcoin is that it has the largest network around it, a ne network of users, of people that know it um, in the news headlines. So at this point, it's more of a brand. It's kind of like marketing. You know the name Coca-Cola. You know the name Facebook, Google. Uh, I don't know why Gucci or Coach just popped in my head, but all these brand names, it's kind of like Bitcoin. You may not have heard of any other cryptocurrency before, but you've probably heard of the, the name Bitcoin. So that alone has a advantage. Now from the tech perspective, um, it does have a lot of uh, issues with it. So like their website says and what, like the white paper says, uh, I'm, kinda, I'm gonna read this right from the bitcoin.org website. Bitcoin is an innovative payment network and new kind of money. And when it was first created years and years ago, um, it was. It was the first of its kind. It allowed peer-to-peer -peer transactions without talking to a third party, uh, borderless payments, um, and it was super secure. But since it's grown so fast in such a short amount of time, um, 
making updates to the code, the Bitcoin code and the network uh, takes a lot more time. And that's that's where some of these other cryptocurrencies has been able to gain uh, momentum in that they have a smaller network, so it's easier and faster to do these updates. And what I'm referring to is the transaction cost between Bitcoin. It was at a couple of cents in the early days, but now since it's so large of a network, um, it's it could get up to, I think at one point uh, in late 2017, it was up to $35 a transaction just because there's so many transactions on the network. And it was the, the Bitcoin code is kind of developed purposely to slow down the network so that kind of stealing money or trying to hack it would be even harder. If you limit everyone to a couple transactions per couple minutes, um, it just theoretically just takes more time to steal more money. So if someone's trying to hack it and they somehow get in, which has never happened, um, it would theoretically take more time because the core code requires you to wait per transaction. And so that's kind of the issue right now with Bitcoin. Um, it's not really, uh, it won't work as like a small transaction uh, currency. You couldn't go to uh, the coffee shop down the street and do a transaction in Bitcoin because the transaction cost might cost more than the, the coffee itself. Um, and then, so that's the positive and the negative. The slower, the slower transaction time makes the networks more secure, and the the ability to do less on the network makes it more secure. So there's some trade-offs between that, and um, I guess I could do another podcast on what they're doing to fix that. But they're coming out with the Lightning Network, which is basically kind of a new blockchain which works alongside Bitcoin to make faster transactions, cheaper transactions. Um, they're doing a bunch of updates to it, but since the network's so large, these updates take time. Um, so they'll gradually be introduced um, as to not to not to hinder what's already there, not to hinder the, the code, the core Bitcoin code. Um, but even if it doesn't succeed as a micropayment processor in buying your coffee. I believe in it because of number one, the brand name. Number two, it's basically just a store of value at this point. So just, I would like to compare it directly to gold. Gold is a $7 trillion market and you're not using gold to go to the coffee shop and buy a coffee with a shaving of gold. No one's going to accept that. Um, in that regards, Bitcoin's a lot easier to use, uh, but gold is a store of value. You just hold it. And then when in hopes of like, in case the housing market crashes again or something, um, in hopes that it'll hold its value better than maybe stocks or cash or, uh, or a, a wide range of things. Um, so Bitcoin is the, I guess, the digital version of gold in my my mind. And even if you take a small percentage of the gold market, you still see quite a large value in Bitcoin itself. Um, I don't want to go into any numbers. You could do that math yourself. Uh, there are a set number of Bitcoin ever available in 21 million. Um, and right now we're only at 16.8 million. So 
Um, there's a limited supply and it is can be a store of value. It never, you don't need to use it as a transactional uh, currency. You could change Bitcoin into other currencies, which I'll talk about, to do those types of transactions and just keep Bitcoin as like, say, your checking account or your savings account, I think is a better, uh, a better comparison. So Bitcoin, secure, has a brand name, and it's a store of value comparable to gold. That's why I like Bitcoin. Uh, number two, so number two, the reason is me as a developer, and I'm going to say Ethereum. So Ethereum is the second largest market cap uh, of cryptocurrency, and it's currently at 101 billion, or let me see, yeah, 101 billion dollars, um, whereas Bitcoin's market cap is at 187 billion dollars. Um, that's not the important part, but I think what I like about Ethereum is that it takes a different approach to uh, Bitcoin in that you're able to do a lot more than just store value or just uh, transact from peer to peer. What Ethereum does is basically a whole platform of like for coders that you could create smart contracts. And think of these smart contracts as just... Um, Say you were to go to an online store, purchase an item, and then receive that item, and the, the store gets your money. Um, that could be a smart contract. So it's basically just saying, okay, um, you do this service, or I get this good, and if when I get it, you get the money. And this is all done in code. There's no, there's no person verifying that the credit card was legit or verifying that there's money on your debit card. Since you don't need to work with these banks, it's kind of a peer-to-peer -peer transaction. You don't have to worry about um, you don't have to worry about third-party sources stopping the transaction. This is peer-to-peer -peer between you and the company, or you and the person, and it gets confirmed or denied through these smart contracts. And the way it works is that both sides have to basically tie up some money to verify, like if something goes wrong, the person trusting the Ethereum network isn't going to get screwed. Um, so you can't, if you try to do a false transaction, your money's already tied up, so there's no incentive to lie, I guess. Because um, if you do, then you lose your money anyway. So why not go through with the transaction? That is a very, very, very basic way of saying that. Um, but I could go in a lot deeper through the Ethereum network and the different things you could do. Um, so think of Ethereum as basically a platform, um, just like the way your computer talks to a network to go to a website, your phone or your device could talk to a, the Ethereum network to make a transaction. Um, that's kind of like the same way Ethereum works. And also, if you've heard the term ICO, there's been a ton of different companies trying to raise funding and create their own coins on top of Ethereum. So not only is Ethereum a token itself, but people can build entire companies on top of the network, which is what's really exciting to me as a developer because I've started developing some things, some applications on top of Ethereum and learning how that works and how to develop a smart contract. And as a coder, it keeps you honest because the more complex your code is, the more 
it's going to cost you basically it costs you as a user um and I, I guess i don't want to get too deep into that from the developer point but just know that you could basically build the new ebay of cryptocurrency on top of the ethereum network and there's been a bunch of icos that are already successful um the more the ethereum platform uh has more value uh in the long term so there's already a ton of them i believe there's going to be more that succeed um a quick note to icos i think the the majority of them will fail even the developer of vitalik buterin of ethereum said that he thinks 95 percent of icos will fail and that's probably true it's just like in the early days of the internet a lot of people just put their money into different internet companies simply because they were on the internet hoping that they would see thousand percent gains um, not doing their research not realizing it wasn't a great company period let alone just because it's on the internet doesn't make it more valuable and it's kind of like the same thing for cryptocurrency um, there's there are a lot of scams out there uh, just trying to make a quick buck and basically steal people's money uh, just because they're not knowledgeable enough to realize it's a scam. Um, recently, quick sidetrack again, recently there was a scam called BitConnect and um, a lot of the, the, a lot of the more developer friendly um, YouTubers and uh, people in the cryptocurrency world quickly realized it was a Ponzi scheme, whereas they the new the new um, investors trying to get into the market saw it as like okay they they guaranteed one percent gain every single day that quite obviously sounds like a ponzi scheme but it's just someone's not going to research it um it seems like a good deal obviously so just do your research um this is what i'm here to try and help other people out uh teach more about these cryptocurrencies and what makes them different and uh make your own decision yeah so that's Ethereum. Bitcoin and Ethereum, um, two easy picks, the two largest cryptocurrencies in the market. And um, I believe in them long term and especially Ethereum because I, as a developer, want to build some applications on top of them. And now my third one. So this one was a little bit more difficult because I wanted to not go with the top three, four or five cryptocurrencies. Um, so this one is more of a recent interest in mine. Um, and it's called Stellar. So what makes Stellar different is, so their whole big thing is they move money across borders quickly, reliably, and for fractions of a penny. So Bitcoin's transaction, you're not going to do micropayments because it's so expensive. Ethereum, it's still pretty, it's cheap compared to Bitcoin, but it's still getting a little bit more expensive as the network grows. But the way that Stellar was built out, they, no matter how large they get, it's still going to be pennies on the dollar to make a transaction. And that's what you need to make these micro payments to go to the coffee shop and make a payment or go to a website and buy a, a cheap product um, that you're not paying uh, 3% or 2.5% uh, credit card fee for. So its whole thing is fast payments and cheap payments, something that Bitcoin cannot do at the moment. Um, 
doesn't mean they won't be able to fix in the long term, but like I said, a lot of these cryptocurrencies are focusing on specific areas that Bitcoin cannot succeed in and creating a whole ICO or a whole currency based on that. And that's one, uh, Stellar is kind of a long shot for me. It's my two main interests are Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then Stellar is kind of another smaller, much, much smaller long-term play. Um, So Stellar. And it's also an open source network. So I'm only picking open source network that I would be interested in basically developing on. Um, And I'm looking directly at Ripple as the competition. So Stellar and Ripple... Ripple is the third largest cryptocurrency uh, as of recently, and it shot up like crazy, crazy in amount uh, in December and January and January of 2018. And it's obviously come down a a ton. So I think it went up like 50x in a month. Um, I don't care what cryptocurrency you are. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, if you go up that much in such a short period of time, I would be a little bit worried. Um, it's just market economics. There's no way you can consistently go on a skyrocketing path forever. It's got to come down eventually and, and readjust. Um, and that's what a lot of these cryptocurrencies have gone through, and especially Ripple recently. So I want to go back to Stellar versus Ripple. They kind of do the same thing. Um, they're working on cross-border payments. And why that's a big issue is because if a lot of people work in the United States, but their family lives in an outside country, say Argentina or Colombia or uh, really anywhere, um, then you're to send money back home, you have to pay, what, 30% sometimes or 40%. Almost half your money goes to just transferring money across borders. Um, so these two companies are kind of focusing on the global payment platform and working with companies to to install this software within their company to make this a lot easier and a million times cheaper. Um, So this is a very relatable issue that can be solved super fast. That can be solved this year. Um, The more these networks get uh, deployed to different companies, uh, the more they can get used and obviously the more value they go up in. Um, The reason why I'm picking Stellar over Ripple is because Stellar is open source I can go to the, the code, check it out, see how legitimate it is, and actually start coding on top of it. Whereas Ripple is closed source and it's just a company. Um, so it's basically, I, I don't know, I don't want to go into too much, but it's kind of going against why Bitcoin was created in the first place um, to kind of make everything open source, open, distributed. Ripple does the opposite. It's a little just a company, single source, closed source, um, and one controlling factor. So, uh, the couple, uh, sorry, the Ripple company actually owns sixty percent of Ripple or XRP, which is the uh, currency underneath Ripple. Um, so let's just say for some reason the owner decided to sell off his entire share of it, the price would plummet. Um, there'd be have to be a compelling reason for them to do that. But it's completely possible, whereas all these Bitcoin, Ethereum, Stellar, and most, I think 90% of the other cryptocurrencies are all open source, maybe even more. Um, 
don't quote me on that. I don't, there's so many currencies out there. I don't know the actual numbers, but I know a majority of them are open source, which is exciting about the, the currency movement. Um, you're not held within a specific company. Your, your data is not stored like it is on Facebook and on accessible. Um, so that's what's exciting about me for cryptocurrency in general. And that's why I'm not really interested in Ripple. Even if I wanted to develop for it, I couldn't because it's closed source. And that's why I'm not really interested in it long term. Um, that doesn't mean it's not going to succeed. Uh, it's done pretty well to date, but I just like um, Stellar in comparison better. And also, the so it's a funny story because the there was two co-founders of Ripple. One is still there and one left because of some type of confrontation or disagreement on the code. And that's how Stellar came to be. So that founder that left created Stellar, which is basically a, uh, a copy of the code. And then since they branched off, they've just improved it in their own different ways. Um, so, I mean, that says a lot about it on its own. Uh, so my top three are Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Stellar. Uh, an honorable, honorable mention would be IOTA. Um, IOTA is trying to create basically all three of those um, currencies use the blockchain, which most of the currencies out there use. But IOTA is trying to, I mean, this is going to be very difficult to accomplish, but they're trying to create their own form of a network called Tangle. And what Tangle does is their IOTA is focused on the Internet of Things and doing microtransactions through things. So... So your phone talking to the thermostat or your phone talking to a cash register at, at um, a coffee shop or something. And their big thing is no fees. Stellar has very low fees. Ethereum has okay fees. And then Bitcoin has large fees. But every form of blockchain currency has some type of fee to verify because the fee is going to miners that verify these transactions. And so IOTA is taking a completely different approach um, to this network. And it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I'm just super excited and someone trying, a group of developers trying to think of a problem in a whole different way. Um, they might fail miserably. miserably. I can't even say that word. Um, but if they succeed, I think it will be huge. Um, and they still have a very long way to go. Um, they're still, their whole network is basically on one set of computers or one node, they call it. So it's basically, right now, it's not even uh, decentralized. Right now, it's centralized to get it up and running. And the idea is that once more and more devices grow, aka the network effect, once more and more people start using it and mining it, or they're not even mining it, start using it, then... They can take it off that central server and build out nodes throughout the world. And then that allows you to have no fees on a decentralized network, which is something that not many other currencies can do. And then finally, I feel like there's one more cryptocurrency that I have to mention and one that I'm not interested in. And that is the infamous Bitcoin Cash. So there's Bitcoin and then there's Bitcoin Cash, a.k.a. Bcash. Um, there's a whole controversy behind this one. 
uh, because there is some internal discussion between the, I guess, Bitcoin developers about the best routes you should take to improve the transaction times and costs. And there was an inside group um, that thought the best route was to just increase the block size. So just to put shortly, um, the original code of Bitcoin limited to the amount of transactions per minute that you could do on the blockchain. And that, like I said in my first podcast, that increases the security because there's theoretically only a certain amount of things you could steal in a certain amount of time. Um, even though the network has never been hacked into, um, it's kind of a security measure. Uh, and it's not really a big deal if you're just using it as a store of value. But if you're using it as a, a form of tra- a currency for transaction, um, the Bitcoin Cash team wanted to increase this block size so that you could fit more transactions onto the blockchain. Um, This seems like a good solution, but it only fixes the problem in the short term. So it's still so early in cryptocurrency that that limit could then be reached again. So then what do you do? Do you just fork again and then increase the block size again and again? So it's it's a short term fix and uh, some people believe in it. I, I honestly got a Bitcoin cash because I bought Bitcoin before that and I just sold it and turned it into Bitcoin again. Um, I personally don't believe in it long term just because it's not a long term fix. And you're kind of, like I said, the reason why I like Bitcoin is because it's kind of a brand name at this point and the Bitcoin Cash team is just kind of piggybacking off of that brand name um, to make a quick buck, I guess. I don't know. There's That's my opinion on it. Um, some would disagree, but like I said, do your own research and your own opinions based on that. Uh, so that's another one that I'm not really interested in. And it's even still a top five currency at this point. So, I mean, it could be debated that maybe that is the currency that succeeds in the long term. Who knows? Um, so those are my top three and a couple that I don't like. Uh, my top three, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Stellar for right now. Um, some ones that I'm not a huge fan of for specific reasons, Ripple and Bitcoin Cash. Um, but there's a ton out there. Do your own research. There's a ton. Cardano, Litecoin, NEO, EOS, IOTA, like I said, Dash, Monero. Um, and they all aim to solve specific issues from privacy to lower transaction fees to cross-border payments to smart contracts. Uh there's a whole gamut of different possibilities with these currencies, what makes it exciting, but there's also, it's pretty easy to start your own ICO and kind of scam people. So like I said, do your own research, uh, get informed and make your own decisions based on multiple sources of information. Um, and yeah, that's my thought on my top three currencies. And, uh, I, if you have any other questions about specific currencies, maybe I'll go into talk, do a whole episode on Ethereum um, and what I'm building or uh, Stellar or I, I kind of want to do different topics based on any feedback I get. So, uh, yeah, reach out to me if you want to cover any specific topics and hope for hopefully you come out to my listen to my next podcast.